I'm Justin Smith, a writer and radio guy in Melbourne, Australia, and this is The Columnist. The Australian government has been fighting Facebook in the hope of some form of regulation against the social media giant, but mainly to get them to pay news organisations for the use of their content. And Facebook has been fighting back. It's what Facebook does. And they did it by blacking out all news content in the feeds of Australian users. In a moment, I'll talk to the former CEO of Facebook in Australia and New Zealand. But first, here's the column I wrote for the Melbourne Herald Sun, February 24. The headline is, Sweet Deal for a Sour Facebook. And this is what I write. You have to admire Facebook. With very little effort, compassion or intelligence, it managed to convince us that we can't live without it. But thankfully, through its own tantrums and arrogance, we've now found this is nonsense. And not only can humanity survive without Zuckerberg's empire, it could probably thrive. When the Australian government told Facebook to start paying its share for news content, something the multi-billion dollar company has been using for nothing, it didn't like it. And in the past week, it has behaved like a garage full of pimpled nerds trying to be important people. It turned off all news-related content to Australian users, but it also blacked out charities and providers of important public information, including Melbourne's Royal Children's Hospital, all while the country fought a health crisis. If it was on purpose, then Facebook is heartless and has no idea how to get public support. And if it was an accident, then we should have serious concerns for a tech giant that brags about algorithms, yet seems to have the technical sophistication of your nan unplugging a kettle. Then yesterday, the Morrison government made a deal. It agreed to soften the proposed regulation, and Facebook agreed to plug the kettle back in. But as we watch our feeds become normal again, don't forget, Facebook has exposed its true nature in this fight. And it's a simple plan. It doesn't want to answer to the government of any country. It doesn't want to explain itself to its users. And it doesn't want to pay for anything. To Facebook, self-regulation is where the big bucks are, baby. And it knows it. It may not be sophisticated, but it's smart enough to know where the money comes from. It's why it fights so hard. And worse than anything, Facebook has become boring. Looking at it is boring. Talking about it is boring. And being held hostage by it is boring. Facebook shouldn't be forgiven for this past week. Because something better will come along. Something that serves humanity, not just itself. Social media can be a good thing. It connects us. It eases the lonely. It promotes business. It spreads information. And it drives important debate. We just need to be more selective about who we let in. So that's the column I wrote. And here's the former Facebook CEO for Australia and New Zealand, Stephen Sheeler. He now does many things, but he also works with a group called Reset Australia, a global initiative to counter digital threats to democracy. Stephen, what did you what did you think of the uh, the Facebook attack on Australia? Was it was it well thought out or a bit half-assed, or what did you make of it? Um, I think it's closer to half-assed. Than, um, than well thought out. Um, certainly the fact that non-news uh, sites and, and you know, public uh, health sites and bushfire sites got caught up in the ban, I think, was a, a big own goal by Facebook. It showed how, it showed one of two things. Either it was um, not well considered and hastily done, or if they did understand that, that those sites were going to be caught up in the sweep and they did it anyway. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I think either one is a either one is a bad answer to me. Um, and uh, I think it's just showing that Facebook's trying to flex muscle here, and it doesn't really care about the collateral damage. Well, I mean, and, and on that, I mean, I put I put this in the column that it, it is uh, it, it strikes me as worrying that a that a group that talks about their algorithms uh, can't tell the difference between a charity uh, or a news organisation. That seemed to be uh, very telling. Uh, Again, Indeed. or it could have been uh, on purpose, which uh, which is the bigger worry, as you say. Yeah, exactly. Either answer is a is a bad one, um, and I think it it was probably a bad enough look for Facebook that it um, you know it did spur um, them to come to an agreement more quickly with the government than rather than let this drag on for for weeks and, and let the news cycle just continue to spin. Well, what's the what's their plan? What's the Facebook plan? And make as much money as they possibly can, I, w- I would think. But but is it just to have no regulation at all from any government anywhere at any time ever? Well, I think the plan of you know most companies, the rational plan is, is as you suggest, it's to to make money, to um, to create value for shareholders, and to forestall or hold off regulation. No, no company throws itself under the arms of regulators. So. Usually not how it works, yes. um, <laughs> but uh, so I think that's definitely in one sense Facebook's plan, I suppose. But I think there's another there's another thing going on here, which is is you know the rise of these companies, and we have we see this every you know hundred years or so, the rise of certain types of organizations that are so powerful and they control a critical part of our, our economy mm. that they kind of outstrip the power of government, and I think we're seeing that now with tech, and so you know this. But tech is probably bigger than even those uh, those giants of the past. So we, we're going to see how this plays out in the coming few years. But there's no question this is the first shot in that battle. So, so in a in a very uh, sort of twist the mustache James Bond kind of way, that world domination is not off the uh, not off the uh, the whiteboard for them, is it? <laughs> well, you know, perhaps they've already arrived. You know, Google, Facebook, <laughs> Amazon. I mean, they're <laughs> they're dominant in many ways around yeah. the world, but. I think the the problem we're running into now is it's a it's a big problem. The, the world's not divided into one government that, that makes rules for everybody. It's divided into hundreds of governments that make rules for different countries. And but of course, companies like Facebook, Google, Amazon, others they they operate everywhere, and they don't just sell a product. They they are are part and parcel of how opinions are formed, how democracy works, how news flows through different ecosystems. So. It's not just about selling oil or selling Tim Tams or something. This is this is part of how democracy works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have these global companies that are, are into the, the the inner workings of how democracy works, and that's the first time this has happened in, in world history. So we're just dealing with something brand new here. Uh, first question: Are you proud that you had worked for them? I, I would say yes, um, and I, I, I think there's a balance to be struck here. I think if you look at what big tech tech have helped achieved in the past few years, you can point at any company, they've done a lot, there's a lot of net benefits, a ton of net benefits. If you look at Facebook, there's lots of, you know, I think the world is a better place net because of social media and because of Facebook. However, the the scale of the problems and the, the, the sort of negative externalities, to use an economist term, of, yeah. of the social media and the internet are, are so big now that we can't just ignore them and leave it to the to the platforms themselves to work things out. Um, we have to step in as governments, as people, as citizens to, to, to make things right. 
Because I look at what the media, uh, you know, and I hold my fingers up in quotation marks as I say it, the mainstream media uh, throughout the world, if they had have been unregulated for the last couple of centuries, you can only imagine what they would have been like, what they would be like. Uh, yeah. Right, exactly. and maybe a little similar to what it is now. Perhaps some people would argue, but I mean, you, you, you can only imagine what it would look without regulation, wouldn't you? Well, exactly. There's, you know, media is one of these industries that tends to benefit the economics benefit from greater scale and concentration. And so, governments have stepped in around the world to say, well, we're going to kind of control that concentration because yeah. it is so important to how, you know, how democracies work. Media is media is not just another industry; it's it's, it's a fabric of how democracies work. And so, yeah, you can't just let it grow unchecked. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, um, you know, tech has grown so quickly in such a short period of time into a regulatory vacuum that we're now, you know, we're now trying to grapple with, uh, you know, the, the scale of these companies is it's staggering when you really think it through. I mean, the, the Facebook alone has 2 billion people on the platform. I mean, at that scale, you know, 25 million users in Australia is a surrounding area. And, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's got a big, a chessboard or a big risk board where he's moving pieces around the world. And, you you know, I think Facebook and Google and others need to step up more to their obligations to individual countries and citizens and not just run things as if they're, they're a global behemoth. Is there a better platform? Is there something better for us to look forward to where there is a Facebook-style platform, social media, with all the good parts of it, um, you know, keeping in contact, making people feel less lonely, dare I say, cats and dogs to make us laugh, but that feeling of con- those good things, promoting business, feeling connection. Is there something ahead for us that is a better version of Facebook with all, without all the crap that we've seen over the last few weeks but, but the, with the good bits of social media? Could that happen? Yeah. Um, look, anything's possible. I think, I think what's... Um, and there, there's different uh, social media platforms for different people. There's, you know, Facebook's big, but you know, that's, they're not the only game in town, as we all know. There's yeah. different forms of social media. There's messaging, there's groups. There's, uh, there's more open platforms like Facebook. But I think the gravitation of, of it, these platforms tend to work because the more people around them, the more people want to be on them. And that's how social groups work. You, you're not on a platform that doesn't have any of your friends on it. You're on a platform that does. And and today, that tends to be Facebook's platform. And that's, that's very hard to chip away at. Um, some, a few have tried and, and been a little successful, like TikTok recently. But I think there's limitations given just the sheer scale of Facebook. Yeah. It's hard to see another, other major platforms arising. But that said, I think you just said things about the good parts of uh, social media. I think one of the things we all miss here is one of the reasons social media, at least Facebook, has the problems that it does. Uh, amongst the good things it does, is that it's a free platform where we essentially are paying with our data. We're paying with our attention and our eyeballs. And mm-hmm. Facebook monetizes that by putting ads in front of our eyeballs. And that's been going on for hundreds of years in, in media. Um, but if that model was different, if we if we, it was a, a subscription model where we paid for content, think about your Netflix or Stan subscription, right? You pay for yeah. content, and guess what? There's no ads. Yeah. Because they say, well, we, we make money from you directly. And if we had paid social media, that's a, a place where you could, where users would have a lot more control um, because they're voting with their pocketbooks and we would have a lot more control of data and probably not all, but some of these issues, these ills of, of kind of free social media would, would go away. Stephen, I'll, I'll let you go. One last question though is uh, uh, you're with Reset Australia. You work as an advisor for Reset Australia. What, uh, what are they up to? What's their plan? 
Well, I do a lot of things these days, but one is um, I try to support uh, efforts like by Reset Australia, which are really focused on um, digital threats to democracy. So um, this is right in their power alley. This these questions of you know how yeah. should the internet work in terms of maintaining a democratic society. So they don't they don't have a dog in the fight in terms of backing this media company or that media company. They just want to maintain a healthy information ecosystem, and they're doing good work on that around the world. That sounds kind of nice. It's a very noble cause with some fantastic people and some many ex-epic tech people involved as well. Uh, Stephen, it's, uh, I'll let you get on with your day. It's great talking to you. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a great day. That's Stephen Sheila, former Facebook CEO for Australia and New Zealand. I'll keep writing. Let's talk soon. The Columnist by Justin Smith and Bad Producer Productions. Understanding the world we live in by understanding what you're going through. One conversation at a time.